0: This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 123 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're gonna to talk about how to become one of the top Food influencers. Now, before we really dive in and pick this apart, I want to make sure that you are aware that Pitch Perfect Live, my free five day training, just ended last week, but you're not too late to take advantage of. The pricing on Pitch Perfect Pro. As the date of this airing, Pitch Perfect Pro is at its lowest price that it will be. It closes on the 26th, which is this coming Sunday. So, depending upon when you're listening to this, it'll close May 26th at the lowest prices that it will be. We are seeing an increase in price the next time around. So please make sure that if you've been on the fence wondering when Pitch Perfect Pro is the best time for you, take advantage of it now. You will have lifetime access to Pitch Perfect Pro when you come into it. So make sure that you are taking advantage of that if you have not already um, as a student. So what I want to talk about today is exactly how to become one of the top Food influencers. I just got back from Everything Food Conference. It is one of my favorite conferences that I get to speak at every year. This is actually my third time attending and speaking, and I had an awesome time getting to connect with so many of my podcast listeners. We did a breakfast that I was able to host and just get to really talk and have great moments with my membership site users. So I am thrilled to be able to give you some of these tips that you can really start to think about how do you become one of the top food influencers. Now the first place that you really need to start as a food influencer you need to niche down. You need to decide what lane you're going to get into whether you're going to do vegan food blogging, whether you are going to do five ingredients, whether it's going to be instapot recipes, whatever it might be. I need you to pick a lane. You can't decide to just create content and be a food blogger that's gonna talk about everything that you decide to make for your family. One day you have Italian, the next day you're making sushi rolls. There has to be a lane that you are going to get into and you need to know what that is. One of the great examples that was given in the past is of an umbrella and you need to fit your content underneath that umbrella. And that umbrella is your elevator pitch. What is it that you're delivering to your audience? So if it is going to be five ingredient meals that anyone can make in the kitchen. You need to know that. You need to know who it is that you are making it for and what it is that you're making when it comes to being a food blogger. Now, the reason that niching down is so important is because if you want to come up in search Be a Google, they need to know what it is that they can expect to see from you. And if you're talking about Chipotle recipes one day and then the next day you're talking about um, a dessert recipe that is an Alaskan, whatever it might be, ice cream, I guess, um, it confuses Google. They don't know what to make you an expert in. They don't know how to drive, which type of traffic should be driven to you. So if you niche down, decide you're going to be only five ingredients or you decide that you're going to be the ultimate baker and you're going to become known for baking um, southern baking recipes. That's your niche, stay in it, don't come out of it. Make sure that Google knows exactly what to expect, what your audience can expect when they come to. Because anytime someone puts in then a Southern recipe, whether it is a specific type of dessert for Easter, or if it's going to be a Christmas cookie that has a Southern flair to it, you are going to outrank others because Google has decided that that's what you're an expert in because you niche down to that. So figure out how you can really get into that. It could even be as specific as maybe you're just a cocktail food blogger. Like that's where you stay. You stay in with cocktails. That works. But you have to make sure that you're niching down so that you can start getting found in Google and be seen as an expert in that. Now, to go along with this, to in order to become a top food influencer, you also need to know your avatar. Who is it that you're talking to? You don't need to try to attract everyone. It's okay to repel some people. Now, the reason that you want to know your avatar, and if you're not familiar with the term avatar, I want you to hop back to episode 80 where I define what an avatar is and how to go about defining your own. Because In order to know who you're talking to, you got to decide who that person is. You need to know whether they're in their 20s and only using Instagram or if they're in their 50s and maybe they're not quite using Instagram, but they're on Facebook and that's how you're going to attract them. The reason that you want to know who that person is is because they're going to keep you in your lane as far as creating that content for them but you're also going to have a better idea of how to engage with them and where to engage with them. It'll often come into place as far as the type of content you create, maybe some of the terms that you're going to use. There are different expressions that you may even use that some, if your audience is 20-somethings and you're a 50-something creating the content, you might use an expression that those 20-somethings have never heard of and you're going to lose them. Decide where that avatar is, who it is that you're trying to talk to. So, once you have your niche and you have an idea of your avatar, who that age, the who it is that you're speaking to, the next piece of becoming the top food influencers is your photography. Your photography does matter as a food blogger. You are going to need to stop the scroll whether your audience is looking on Instagram or they're on Pinterest or they're on Facebook, you have to be able to stop their scroll. And often the only way to do that is with beautiful photos that are going to capture their attention and get them to stay. Now, this is coming from someone who, when I started blogging, I didn't know the first thing about my camera. That was nine years ago. I think I had a point and shoot at the time when I first started you learn, you get as many resources as you can, you try to find content, you try to find podcasts, you try to take classes in order to improve your photography. If you have a friend that is a photographer, ask them to maybe stop by one day, trade something in return for them to show you how to use your DSLR, whatever it might be. But your photography does matter as a food blogger. Anyone's going to tell you that your food photography does not matter isn't telling you the truth. You have to be taking beautiful photos that are clean and crisp and airy um, or it's going to be in the specific style because I shouldn't just say airy although that obviously is my tendency but some of course could be a darker with a dark background. So that's going to make a difference though. What type of um, background you're going to have and what expression you're trying to portray with your food photography. So paying attention to that is going to be key if you want to become a top food influencer. The next piece that's really important is that you need to have engagement over followers. You need to worry less about having a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and more about How many people are you getting to talk to? Whether you have 500 followers or 500,000, if you can only get, with 500,000 followers, 500 people to engage, and the person that has the 500 followers can get all 500 to engage, they're more valuable. Those 500 are engaging with them constantly. So finding ways to actually get them to talk to you. Using the platforms to the best of your ability. You've heard me, I have multiple episodes on the podcast talking about Instagram stories because it, in my opinion right now, it is the easiest way in 2019 to actually engage with your audience. You can put up a poll, you can ask a question, you can do a quick video, whatever it might be. You're able to get your audience to engage and actually give your their opinion and create that relationship with them. Because when it comes to Instagram stories, it doesn't need to stop with just doing a poll and getting a yes, no answer, but then following up with them and asking them, what is it about this that made you say yes? And creating that authentic relationship with them where it's not just about getting some sort of answer from a poll about the content that you're going to create, but more so into the fact that yes, you're using a specific type of citrus and do what kind of citrus do they use? Having those sort of conversations. And the reason that you're going to want to have those kind of conversations is because you want to be authentically talking about the products that you love. If you're going to niche down as a food blogger, and you should be, as we've talked about, that if you're looking to be a top food influencer, that's what you need to do. With that You should also be authentically talking about the products that you know, use, and love. That way, it doesn't come across as selling your soul or um, what's the other week will often say that people have decided that they're selling out, right? We hear people say all the time, oh, I don't wanna work with um, brands because then I'm gonna be selling out. That's not the case if you stay authentic. If you stay authentic to the products that you would normally use to create that perfect marinara sauce, Then it's not selling out because it's the products that you would normally use all the time. One of my clients is a baking blogger. And for her to work with brands as a baking blogger, she happens to have an audience that's coming to her with very basic knowledge of how to bake. They're asking questions about dry ingredients and how to measure them. What does it look like? What sort of products should she be using? those people are coming in at the ground level. And like I said to her, she needs to be able to articulate that to a brand because those new people that are coming to her trying to learn how to bake, whatever products she recommends that she use, whether it's a specific type of flour or sugar or shortening, whatever it might be, that product is one that her audience is going to trust and become probably very loyal to. Think about it. Think about the products that are still in your house. Why are those the products that you use? Especially those ones that are foundational like sugar and flour. Most of us are very loyal to those types of products probably because they were the first things that we learned to bake and cook with. They were most likely even the products that were in our households as children. I use the same sugar and the same flour that my mom uses. I use the same shortening as my mom does. And it's just because that was the product that was in my house, it's become one that I just became loyal to. So being able to tell and know your audience well enough to be able to say, this is the brand that I use, they're going to become loyal to that as well. And that's where this piece of becoming a top food influencer really comes into play. Because as an influencer, you're influencing your audience to choose to make something or to choose to use a product over another in a recipe that you're creating. In episode 120 on the podcast, I talked about the, uh, in order to work with brands, what that needed to look like as a blogger or influencer and how to go about doing that. And this is one of the key components of it, is that you need to have this relationship with your audience so that you can turn and say to the brand, this is why you would want to work with me because my audience would love your product. And I know that because I am talking to them about the products that I'm already using and that's a product that I use. We should be stay always authentic to our content, to what we would normally create. We shouldn't be trying to make something else work into it, make another product that we've never even heard of work for our audience if we've never even used it. Stay authentic to who you are and the content that you create. That audience that you have built this relationship with trusts you. So if you stray them with a product that you are just using because you're getting paid to use it, it's not gonna come across authentic. You are not going to be one of the top influencers. And the reason for that is because your people are not going to continue to engage with you. They're not going to continue to give you the support and want to actually be, not even want to, but they're not going to be influenced by you anymore because they'll be able to read through that. So make sure that when you are creating your content, that you stay authentic, that if you do decide to work with a brand on sponsored content, that you choose to stay in your lane with the type of products that you would normally use. This is all about, you're going to see, even through all of these tips that I've given you about becoming a top food influencer, the ones that become that and do that and then you see on Instagram and you see getting the contracts are the ones who stay true to themselves, that stay true to the audience that they have built, whether it's been an audience that they built nine years ago or if it's an audience that they've managed to build in the past two years. They are... They create a community, they create a tribe of people, of audience members that trust them and are going to want to try the products that they talk about because they know that they're sharing them as ones that they really love and use. So with that being said, I hope that you really take value in understanding that it's so important to stay authentic to who you are, to create that content for the audience that is Wanting to be influenced by you. All right, guys, I appreciate you all so much for taking the time to listen in. I love seeing how you are listening to the podcast. If you would take a screenshot of where you're listening and how you're listening, and share it on Instagram stories, you can tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose. I'm also love it when you guys leave me a review. And what I'm doing is when you leave me a review on iTunes, if you put your name in there as your Instagram handle, I'm then reaching out with a little something as a thank you that I'll be sending you via the mail, snail mail even. So I appreciate you all so much for taking the time to listen in. If you do have a chance to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps so that others that are looking for this type of content can find it, whether it's a blogger, an influencer, or an entrepreneur whoever it might be wherever they may be on their journey it helps for that for the podcast to come up in search all right guys until next time i will see you all then